This is Movies for the Blind, episode 181, F. Scott Fitzgerald and the Last of the Bells, part two of three. I never say anything about anything I don't mean. Hello and welcome to Movies for the Blind, where you can enjoy films without looking at a screen. I'm Valerie Hunter. We continue with F. Scott Fitzgerald in The Last of the Bells, and I mentioned last week that our southern belle, Ailey Calhoun, is being played by Susan Sarandon, also known for playing the more modern southern belle, baseball fan Annie Savoy in Bull Durham. However, her own background isn't really southern at all. She was born in New York City and raised in New Jersey. Her resume is a long one now, including Thelma and Louise, The Witches of Eastwick, and an Academy Award for Best Actress for Dead Man Walking. But at the time she did this film, she had just a couple movies and soap operas under her belt and was a year away from playing Janet in the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Her character here is actually a creation of the famous writer F. Scott Fitzgerald, played here by Richard Chamberlain, who had to go through a bit of difficulty first with writer's block, a drinking problem, and his troubled wife, Zelda. Scott's memories of Zelda from when he first met her have provided the inspiration to begin the short story of a young soldier named Andy training for World War I, taken by his colleague Bill to the home of one of the top three single girls in Tarleton, Georgia. That's where we find them as we begin part two of three of F. Scott Fitzgerald and The Last of the Bells. Meeting Bill in the front doorway, Ailey glances at Andy. I don't just know your name. Oh, uh, Ailey, this is Lieutenant Andrew McKenna. How do you do? Hello. Andy was at Harvard with me. Ran into him down by the hotel. He was coming this way, so I said, stop in for a moment and meet the Belle of Carlton. <laughs> oh, villain and terrible. Uh, McKenna? McKenna. Well, if you're Irish, come into the parlor. They go in. There's a welcome there for you. How long have you been stationed here, Lieutenant? Not long, about two weeks. Didn't think I'd seen him before. Don't you ever come to the dances at the country club? I haven't. Not yet. Bill and I are going out there tonight. Perhaps you care to join us. Well, actually, Ailey, Andy has a date tonight. In fact, if he doesn't hurry, he's going to get stood up. Aren't you, Andy? Yes, that's right. Oh, dear. Must you rush away? He's afraid he must. I'm afraid I must. Bill takes her arm. I'll see you. But she steps away with Andy. Back out onto the veranda. After Bill goes, I'll be sitting here all alone night after night. Uh, Bill sits in an open window. Now, Lieutenant Nolan. <laughs> she turns to Andy. If you'd like to see our provincial little country club, maybe you'd ask me out there to dance for me. Right. Good night, yes. Andy. Good night, Nolan. Bill. Andy heads for the steps. Oh, wait a minute. She catches up. Your guns are all crooked. When she straightens his pin, she gazes at him. Another night, they sit together on a porch swing. She leans back against him with his arms around her. He tries to turn her chin to kiss her. Andy, stop that. He puts his hand down again. Then kisses her shoulder. Stop what? Whatever it is you're doing. I'm not doing anything. Whatever it is you're trying to do then, Mr. Smarty. Why won't you let me kiss you? 
Because I won't. Why? She turns to him. Because you're not sincere, that's why. She leans back again. I'm almost in love with you. Do you know that? No, I don't know anything of the kind as it so happens. If you ever let me kiss you, though, I would be. I know I would. I mean it. You do not mean it. That's just a perfect example of how insincere you are, Lieutenant Andrew McKenna. They face each other. Why don't you try me? Just kiss me once and see if it's not true. No, you are stop this at once. Do you hear me? I am instructing you to introduce an entirely new line of conversation. You keep your hands to yourself, and you talk to me. Go on now. Talk. He leans back. Well. And so does she. There's something I am curious about. How come you haven't married one of the local swings? I'm sure you could have anyone you want just by lifting your hand. Well, one thing. I only turned 19 just a few weeks ago. That's not exactly the age of spinsterhood. And for another, I could never marry a southern man. Why not? Oh, don't pretend you haven't noticed. They're so provincial, honey. I don't intend to spend the whole of my life in little old Tarleton. Or even in Georgia, for that matter. No, thank you. I happen to have set my sights a little higher than that. What are your requirements, Haley? My requirements? What kind of men are you looking for? That'd be telling. Am I in the running? Now, there you go, being insincere again. Anyway, what makes you think I was looking for anything special? The night we met. Remember? When I started to go? Right there by the door, you straightened out my collar pin. And just for a minute there, you looked at me in a certain way. What kind of way? Well, just for a second, as if to say, are you the one? Are you the what? The one. Are you the one? Oh, true. You did. <laughs> I never. You did so. <laughs> you made that whole thing up. I never looked at you in a special way, Paul. Says you. I was just being kind, straighten out your fine little old guns and see what I get for my trouble. Insults. She stands. I'd walk straight into that house and just leave you sitting here. You do, and I'll follow you. I happen to know you folks went to the vaudeville tonight. Well. Well, now. It just so happens I'm going to accept that challenge. Come on. What? You heard me. Come on, on your feet, soldier boy. Follow me. When she heads for the front door, he stands. You mean it? She turns back. I never say anything about anything I don't mean. She continues toward the door, and he follows her. Then opens the door for her. Inside, a candle is lit. I hope you don't mind candlelight. Our great President Wilson has asked us to forego electricity four nights a week, so as to conserve fuel for next winter. A second is lit. I love candlelight. I'm going to love you the very first time we kiss. I think that's why I asked you in here. Isn't it? Follow on. When she steps away, he does follow her into the next room, each of them holding a candle. She lights a third candle, which sits beside a small photograph of a man. Say, 
Who's that? Who do you think? Your best beau. He was. Sure enough, always was. I hate him. Who is he? You do not hate him. Don't you ever say that. He's the man I measure every other man against. If I ever meet anybody like him, I'll just take one look, take off my dancing slippers, and my flirting days would be over for good. Just be him in that minute all. Are you ever going to tell me who he is? He's my brother. My brother, Bobby. She picks up the photograph. Bobby Joe Calhoun. Was your brother? He died. I'm sorry. It was during his senior year at Yale. He could have had his pick at any college in the whole South. But he chose to go up to New Haven on an athletic scholarship. He was on the track team. Varsity? Yes, varsity, of course. He knew he had this infection in his chest. But he kept it a secret so he could run the fall of 40 against Princeton. He couldn't let the team down. Did he win the race? Does that matter? He died. He was the noblest person I ever knew. She turns to Andy with her large eyes. The noblest and the most sincere. He looks back at her. Later, in a building that looks much like Ellerslie, a dance is in progress, with Andy and Ailey dancing demurely among the other couples of enlisted men and local girls. Soldier taps Andy's shoulder. Sorry, old man. They turn to him. Look, old man, we just got here for Pete's sake. It's our first dance. It's Camby. Come on, McKenna, be a gentleman. I suggest you keep your own counsel, Lieutenant Camby. Go away now and go away nicely. You can have dance later on. Otherwise, I shall refuse to recognize you this whole evening long. Ellie. Come on, that's you. She turns back to Andy, and Camby walks off as they dance again. That gives me the creeps. <laughs> oh, he's just a great big old silly, so it's only moping around. Another soldier taps his shoulder. May I? Oh, no. They turn to face him. Oh, Captain. Hello, Andy. Uh, got that little matter straightened out with our supply sergeant, did you? Uh, yes. Yes, sir. I took care of it before I signed out this evening. Good, good. I've been admiring this young lady ever since you walked in. I wondered if you might not introduce us. Yes. Yes, of course. Ailey, this is Captain Haynes, my, uh, Captain John Haynes. Jack. How do you do? She curtsies. Miss Ailey Calhoun. Would you do me the honor of dancing with me, Miss Calhoun? If Andy doesn't object. No, no. Of course not. Then bow me. She approaches Captain Haynes, and they dance. Andy steps away. Haynes. Haynes. Jack. Ailey. Mm -hmm. Ailey.
like you to be a yell man. How could you know that? <laughs> I'm a witch. Oh. <laughs> Wait a minute. Your guns are all crooked. Straightening his collar pin, she gazes at him. From a distance, Andy watches, then walks further away. Another night, another dance takes place. There it is again. With soldiers and civilian gentlemen waltzing with young ladies through the rooms of the house. There's the song that I adore That I heard before On the ballroom floor there The small orchestra plays under colored lanterns as some men stand along doors and walls For the my including Andy, who waits But my favorite walks through a room on Bill's arm. And soon after, they dance together. She rests her head on his shoulder as Andy watches. Ailey smiles up at Bill. Andy steps forward through the crowd, dodging the other couples, then reaches Alien Bill and taps Bill's shoulder. They turn to him. Sorry. What? May I? Bill turns to Ailey, who drops her gaze. Then she approaches Andy as Bill retreats, and they dance. She glances about, distracted. She immediately turns away, applauding the band and still searching. Now where has Bill got to? Come outside with me. Andy, I can't. Please, just for a minute. He'll find us. Well, I shouldn't. He leads her through the rooms as she keeps looking around. Holding hands, they walk outside and down some steps to a path. They walk through the night's dimness to where automobiles are parked. Andy leads her to an open white one. What's this now? It belongs to Tom Warren from my platoon. Get in. Are your intentions honorable, sir? No. Farewell, then. She climbs up into the back seat. Andy reaches under the driver's seat and pulls out a flask. Andrew McKenna, you devil. What's the difference? He climbs up beside her. I might be dead in a couple of months. You talk like that and I'll get straight out of this car. I'll warn you. It's true. He pours into a shot glass. More than a million of us in France already, and they're dying by the hundreds every day. Read the papers. I don't read the papers. He sips. Look at him ever. I don't want to know about it. You can't just walk around wearing blinders. She sits up straight and turns to him. Don't you tell me what I can do and what I can't do. There's no man alive has that privilege. You just hush up here. Give me that. She takes the glass and finishes it. Give me another. Taken aback, he unscrews the flask again. And she settles back in her seat. 
you look. You got me all upset. Just when I wanted to be most happy and gay. She drinks. And he puts an arm around her. I think you're just annoyed with me for cutting in on you and Bill Knowles. Well, now that is ridiculous. If you want to know the truth, I was more than a little surprised. Lots of people didn't cut in. Well, they usually do. I mean, for my own sakes, do they think I'm already married? She sips some more. Are you going to be? I don't know. Tell you, Andy. Sometimes when he treats me as if I were sacred, it thrills me. <laughs> it's like this. It makes me feel all warm and liquidy. Leaning her head back, she closes her eyes. Haley? He leans in, closer. Ailey? Then backs off. Who's that, Ailey? Look, who's that? She stands when another soldier approaches. It's Don Cameron. Donald Cameron, you dog. Well, I can't believe you're here. You didn't once try to cut in on me while I was dancing. I suppose you're going to tell me you just this minute climbed out of your little old airplane. Ailey, did you hear about this afternoon? What? Horace Canby crashed. He was killed instantly. Andy looks up at Ailey as she struggles to comprehend this. You mean he was killed? Yes. They don't know what the trouble was. His motor just... I don't know. She swallows and stares into space. Then sits turned away. Get Bill Knowles out here. Tell him she wants to go home. Don does as Andy gets out. Andy? It's all right. So does Ailey. He's don't talk. Don't have to think about it. I don't know what to do. Here's Bill. He steps out with Don. Andy, you must never, never tell anybody what I told you about Camby this afternoon. What is that? I mean, what he threatened to do? Of course not. Oh, Andy. As she stares at Andy, Bill hurries toward them with Ailey's wrap. I heard all about it. It's going to be all right. Bill is here. Bill embraces her. Just lean on me, honey. Ailey, you just got to be very, very brave and try not to let it break your heart. <laughs> Come on, there's a taxi over here. He leads her away. Good night, Andy. Good night. He gets the wrap around her as the taxi arrives. You poor fool. Oh, Andy, that was all she said. But what she meant was, isn't it too curious for words that I have this disastrous effect on men? Of course, I should have made one of those fine moral decisions. That people make in books and despised her. Considering what he's written, Scott is distracted by Zelda's music. He looks back down at his writing and continues. On the contrary, I don't doubt that she could still have had me by raising a hand.
He sets down his pencil and smokes. Earlier in the story, Andy! Andy runs for her house. Haley! Andy, guess what? I know, I'm late. I had trouble getting a lift from Ken. Andy, listen. Come on, get your hat. Now, you promised me a Roddy Watermelon party. Now, I'm very... Listen, will you? This just came. It's from Bill. Bill. Bill knows. You do remember Bill knows. He just happened to introduce us. What about him? He's arriving this afternoon on the 1 o'clock train from El Paso. So? He's coming to see me, Andy. He's got a three-day pass, and he's coming to spend all three days with me. I can't just go off and leave him in the lurch. I didn't know it was serious between you two. Well, he said it was serious. Well, is it serious? Well, I reckon you'll have to ask him that. All I know is he's coming. He'll be here in another hour. Well, that's just great. He stalks across the veranda and sits on the swing. Holding Bill's letter, she steps toward him. Oh, you don't mind, do you, darling? No, no, certainly not. What right have I got to mind anyway? Church, not my bow after all. Well, you're something much nicer. You're my friend. You're my confidant. That's right. Good old Andy. Come over here and let me confide in you, honey. Tell me what I can whisper to you without being overheard. When her pleading eyes don't work, she beckons with her hand. Andy stands, then she takes his arm. They go down the steps. Don't look so grumpy. He tries to smirk. Horace Camber telephoned me a few minutes ago. I'm terribly upset by what he said. What'd he say? Don't ask me how, but somehow he got wind of Bill coming back here today. And he called me up to say. No, it's too horrible. Tell me. He said that if I should decide to marry Bill Knowles, he was going to climb up 6,000 feet in his little old airplane and... And what? And just shut up the motor and let go. She holds him. He's crazy. I don't know what to do, Andy. He really frightened me. The best thing you can do is steer clear of him from now on. I never understood what you see in him anyway. What on earth makes you think of seeing anything in him? She steps back. What exactly do you take me for? I can't hardly abide the man. I despise him. Then why the hell do you... Andrew McKenna! Then why do you go out with him? I don't know. Because he's so sincere, I guess. He may be awful, but he is very sincere. At another country club dance, Andy and Ailey waltz together. She starts to smile, and so does he. Later, he walks her to her front door. When he takes off his hat, she holds out her hand. He shakes it. Then she goes inside alone. Another night, he walks her to the door. He leans in, but she daintily holds up her hand, and he takes it. He kisses it she goes through the door alone. At another dance, another soldier cuts in on them. Andy steps back, and Ailey dances pleasantly with him. For me and my gal, everybody's been nowhere. Andy cuts in and returns to dancing with Ailey. And for weeks they've been sewing every Susie and Another night, another walk to the front door. Andy moves in, and Ailey turns her cheek. He tries again as she turns to the door and goes in alone. 
He throws down his hat. They're together again at another dance. Another soldier cuts in. Andy steps away. Another soldier cuts in. Yet another cuts in and dances with Ailey, who beams. Andy stands by a mantle, watching, unsmiling. At the real Ellerslie, Scott paces in his library toward a window and leans on a dresser, deep in thought. Straightening up, he paces back across with his hands in his trouser pockets. He pauses. He steps to the desk and sits down, picking up his pencil. He starts to write again. After her performance outside the country club, Ailey made it all right by saying wistfully, I know you think it was terrible of me to think of myself at a time like that. Lounging by a pool. I mean, I know his crash was an accident. But you have to admit, after what he said to me that very day, it was just such a shocking coincidence. And he lies on his back with his eyes closed. I swear, your silence speaks volumes, Andrew. I don't suppose I'll ever be able to convince you. She lies down. Well, nearby. Ailey Calhoun is wearing a one-piece bathing suit. I call that truly uncouth. My mama says nobody but a fallen woman would wear a one-piece suit in public. Well, if you ask me, it looks like nothing more nor less than a pair of her daddy's old BVDs cut down to size. <laughs> oh, kitty. Hush now. I believe Earl's getting ready to dive again, and he said this one's dedicated to me. Also watching Earl. Who's that? Who's what? On the diving board. Andy sits up. I can't tell. Putting up a hand against the sun. He looks like a streetcar conductor. Oh, that's Earl Schoen. Earl who? Schoen. S-C-H-O-E-N. Schoen. What sort of a name is that? Don't ask me. He just came in from the fourth. All the officers are up from the ranks. I mean, it's hard to tell if they come from any background at all. They all have weird names with no vowels in them. No vowels in them? No vowels at all? Just consonants. <laughs> you mean like Nitzgrip? <laughs> uh, come in, Rebecca. Nitzgrip? <laughs> he really does look exactly like a streetcar conductor. Athletically built. Earl jumps again on the end of the board and swan dives into the pool. I believe he's coming this way. Where's my transfer? I just know he's come to collect my transfer and I can't find it anywhere. Lordy, how embarrassing. <laughs> Earl leans his arms on the edge of the pool. Hi, Andy. As Ailey lies turned away. Oh, hello. Andy sits up again. Earl, isn't it? Uh-huh, Earl Schoen. Spickeritz. How you like my girl? Your girl? Yeah, the one I was telling you about at camp. Remember? 
I said she's no Jane or anything like that. Real society girl. He lifts himself out. It's her over there. Little brunette. The one in the shade. Real society girl. Kid at Preston Black Hand Society. Yeah. Earl approaches them. Who's this little lady? Ailey, I'd like you to meet Lieutenant Schoen. Miss Ailey Calhoun. He crouches down. Hi, Ailey. And shakes her hand. How do you do, Lieutenant? Call me Earl. They let go and he grins. Say, this is really swell. You and me were the two best-looking girls in town. What do you say we all have dinner together down at the hotel someday? We'll talk about it. Good deal. He looks at Ailey, who lowers her gaze, then raises it again. Well, that's the old grind. Standing up, he dives in again, splashing them. Oh, well, where? She dries her hair with a towel. What do you think of him? Well, he has a ready whip after the old grind. Do you like him? Like him? What is there to like? Oh, he is good looking. Eggplant's good looking, marzipan's good looking. I personally can't abide either one. Well, take a tip from your old friend and confidant. Don't go getting involved with Earl Schoen. He's no Yaley. He's no Harvard man, God knows. Paul Moses, I just this minute say hello to the man. You got me engaged to him already. Impossible. You're engaged to Bill Knowles, aren't you? Emma. You don't see any rings on his hand, do you? Did you promise to wait for him? I promised to write to him while he was overseas. I see. And he turns to lie again on his stomach. I'm hot. You going in the water? As soon as I'm done on this side. Uh, hurry on then, yeah. She stands in her black boy-leg bathing suit and dips a toe in the water while Earl watches from another edge. She dives in. And soon after, Earl's pushing her head underwater playfully. Popping back up, she does the same to him. He pops back up with his arms around her as Kitty watches. Show off. As Andy sits on the edge watching. Ailey and Earl splash water at each other. And he lifts her up. As Kitty and her friend watch, Ailey dunks Earl again and hurries to the ladder. He splashes her, but she climbs out. While he climbs out, she runs around the pool toward Andy. He won't stop following me since I'm playing my car. <laughs> she turns and finds Kitty. Ailey Calhoun, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. I didn't think it of you to go out and deliberately try and take a man away from another girl. I thought you considered yourself above anything like that. If you care for him, you certainly oughtn't to belittle yourself in front of him. Later, Earl dives from the board again and swims up to Ailey in the water as Andy remains sitting. Hey, that was fun. Earl gets an arm around her. Listen, uh... I'm not trying to beat Andy's time or anything, but I sure like to see you again. What about Saturday night? She turns away. Sunday afternoon, then. She turns back. I'm busy. What about next week? I give you a ring on the phone. I'm very busy at the Red Cross all this month. Bye. She swims away, splashing him, and heads for the ladder by Andy. The Red Cross. That's a new one. I have to do my bits on. I can't spend all my time on the dance floor. As she climbs out, Andy stands. I thought you handled Kitty Preston very neatly. She gets a towel to dry off. She'll never hold that young man. He wants somebody new. Apparently, he wants Ailey Calhoun. Oh, charming. He could give me his ticket punch to wear like a fraternity pin. What fun. Mother ever saw anybody like that come in the house. She'd just lie down and die. Later, 
Earl bounds up to the veranda and checks his watch, then steps to the front door. Ailey comes down some stairs, meeting a black man in the foyer. Well, I'll answer, Mama. Yes, Miss Ailey. Primping. She opens the door. Hi. Come in. In full uniform, Earl enters, and Ailey shuts the door. He takes off his hat. I'm not too early, am I? No. I walked around the block, so I wouldn't be. Come on in the parlor. She leads him toward it, then turns back. Do I look all right? Fine. Wait a minute, your guns are all crooked. Straightening his pin, she gazes at him with a smile. He smiles back, and she smooths his hair. Again, she leads him to the parlor, where a woman sits on a sofa. Mother, may I present Lieutenant Earl Schoen, a new bed from Massachusetts. So Ailey seems to have bent her standards for Earl. Will it be worth it? Does Andy still have a shot? Find out in the conclusion next time on Movies for the Blind. Science fiction fans might be interested in Ailey's beau Bill, who introduced Ailey and Andy at the start here. Bill's played by Richard Hatch, who would go on to play Apollo in the original Battlestar Galactica. For more information and links about the movies, about description, and how to subscribe, go to the blog, moviesfortheblind.com, where you can also find out about this podcast's Creative Commons license. And the movies are from the Internet Archive. So please support universal access to human knowledge by visiting and donating at archive.org. Thank you for downloading and for listening. Be back next week. Take care. Take care.